Hello, good human, and welcome or welcome back to the Sunshine Project podcast. My name is Chloe. I am your host, and I've just realized that our weekly series seem to have fallen in a bit of a pattern in the last little while. I feel like our Monday episodes, this Monday's was on ADHD and getting a diagnosis and what that looked like for me, are a little bit more of a chat, just like a sharing of minds, except it's just me on the microphone. So hopefully you're sharing your stuff in return, maybe out loud, maybe in your head, whatever. And then on the Wednesday, we seem to have fallen into always diving deep into a sunshine toolkit. And I kind of like that, right? It's like the Monday, we're setting the week up, we're reflecting, we're looking at something as a whole. And then on a Wednesday, we are getting into the practicalities. Because I don't know about you, but I am quite a proactive person. If there's something that can be done, I want to do it. And so today, we are opening up the Sunshine Toolkit for all things ADHD. Now, as you probably heard on Monday's episode, I want and need to start with a disclaimer. I am not a doctor. I am not a psychiatrist. I'm not a psychologist. I have absolutely no medical training. This episode, this series, this podcast are not and should not be used as diagnostic tools or medical resources. I'm just sharing what works for me, and maybe this stuff will work for you too. Now, I imagine that if you're listening to this, you either have some relationship with ADHD, whether you've got it, whether you think you might have it, whether someone in your life has it, which is quite likely, realistically, or you're just curious about the whole kitten caboodle. And either way, you are more than welcome here. I will just say that because this is the more practical episode, a lot of this information can be applied practically. If you don't have ADHD or you don't relate to any of this or you've already muddled your way through all of it, then I guess just sit back and listen for the sake of listening. And whatever the reason that you're here, I very much appreciate you letting me be in your ears right now. So there are six different items in our Sunshine Toolkit today, and I'm going to say this Sunshine Toolkit is called How to Hack Your ADHD. It's a little bit clickbaity, but it's probably also true. So there are six different steps that you and I can do to make all of this a little bit more sunshiny. I'm going to give you the six categories so you know what we've got coming up. The six categories are number one, seek answers, number two, get offline, number three, find support, number four, boost your dopamine, number five, squash stigma, and number six, hack your ADHD. Let's go through each of those in turn. So the first item in our Sunshine Toolkit today is seek answers. This one is for people who are seeking a diagnosis, thinking about a diagnosis for themselves, for their child, for resources they can send on to a significant other, a friend, a lover, whatever that looks like for you. My first step is seek answers. When you receive a diagnosis, you go to a GP and then if they think that this is the right path for you to be on, they'll send you to a psychiatrist and then you decide 
whether you want to be medicated or not. And the things I'll say about each of those headings are you need a good GP. I've mentioned this in the last episode. I've mentioned this a million times before. For years, I went to bulk build GPs, which I don't actually think really exist anymore. And my medical care was subpar. And I mean, it was free, so that was good. But I bounced around and saw whoever was available and had no consistency, no continuity. If you don't have your health, you've got nothing. And if you don't have someone looking after your health and understanding your health and listening to you and validating you, then your health is going to spiral like it just is because things will go unchecked, things will go unloved, things will go unnurtured. So I recommend that you find a GP that you like, that you trust, and that you can access when you need to as your very first step especially if you plan on speaking to them about an ADHD diagnosis, a mental health care plan, anything like that. So the thing you need to know about a psychiatrist is that there is quite a significant weight to see a psychiatrist regarding an ADHD diagnosis. There wasn't so much when I got diagnosed in 2021, but I know those wait lists are long now. And that can feel really daunting, especially if you do have ADHD and you want that immediate gratification. But the sooner you book in, the sooner you are going to be able to see someone. And I'm sorry if that's not very flowery and is just blunt and to the point, but it is the truth. The more you fluff around, the longer it will be, the longer it will be until you get help. If there's a six-month wait, a seven-month wait, an eight-month wait, that wait is going to be the same amount of time, no matter if you book in tomorrow and then you're waiting six months, or you book in in two months and then you're waiting six months. You can do it. It's going to be worth it. Start that ball rolling right now, please. And something I do recommend considering right at the very tippy top of the journey is whether you are seeking a diagnosis or whether you are seeking medical assistance, intervention, medication. While I urge you to consider that at the moment, I do also want to say I recommend being flexible on it. You're going to learn as you go. You're going to grow as you go. Whatever your tummy is telling you right now does not have to be the same thing that you go after in six or eight or 12 months. Item number two in our sunshine toolkit is get offline. Now look, being online can be so helpful. As I mentioned in Monday's episode, if I had not been scrolling on TikTok with half of my day, I never would have realized that I had ADHD. Being online helped me in three main ways. The first way was reading that Emma Watson was diagnosed with ADHD as a teenager. You know, she plays Hermione in the Harry Potter movies. And coming across that fact just did something to my brain. It just completely changed my perception of what ADHD looks like, of what someone who has ADHD presents as, of what that meant for me, what a diagnosis affirmed or changed or explained about me. The second reason I found being online helpful was, as I mentioned, figuring out I had ADHD in the first place. And the third reason that I found being online helpful initially was 
going online and doing some research about the medication that I'm on at the recommendation of my psychiatrist, who at that point had actually never prescribed this particular medication before, but now it is in his regular prescription toolkit. With those three helpful things being said, the reason that I urge you to book a doctor's appointment if you want a diagnosis and then get offline are three fold as well. So firstly, we have the fact that a lot of doctors, GPs, psychiatrists, etc., do not like when people come into them and say, hey, I saw on social media that I might have this disorder or this illness or this disease. I'm very lucky in that, again, I've got a great GP and he listens really wholeheartedly to that. However, you could risk being doubted or not believed or questioned incessantly or accused of a self-diagnosis or a self-label, which could actually hinder you getting properly and officially and helpfully diagnosed and helped. The second reason I reckon you got to book in an appointment and get offline is there's a lot of misinformation out there. The more ADHD content you consume, the more the algorithm's going to put it in front of you. And as someone who now speaks directly to a GP and to a psychiatrist about ADHD, I see so much stuff that just, like I actually find it quite upsetting. ADHD is not a trauma response. ADHD cannot be fixed with a $12.99 subscription to an app. ADHD cannot be diagnosed through a BuzzFeed quiz. Lots of misinformation out there that you just do not need in your brain. And the third reason that being online can hinder you a bit in the initial stages is that you might find yourself spiralling and you might find yourself attributing every part of your personality, positive or negative, to this disorder. ADHD may be a part of you or your friend or your child, it's not all of you. It's not all of them. Similarly to horoscopes, it can be so tempting to prescribe everything we think or feel to this cosmic power, this funny little brain thing. But you're more than that. So tip number two, get offline. Tip number three is the last one that is around seeking a diagnosis or receiving a diagnosis, and that is about getting some support. So far, I know the Sunshine Toolkit is not very fun this week. It's mostly practical, boring stuff, but support is so important during this process. We know that a lot of people feel a lot of grief and a lot of anger when they receive a diagnosis or they're pursuing a diagnosis for ADHD. And one of the reasons for this is that, you know, especially for women, for people who were assigned female at birth, there's this feeling that we might have slipped through the cracks. There's this looking back at our lives and thinking, holy shit, imagine what I could have achieved if someone had picked up on this. That might be grief or anger towards parents. It might be grief or anger towards teachers or schooling systems or educational institutions. You might not experience that at all, but it is worth having support in place. Now, that looks like both therapy, so having a psychologist, psychologist, psychiatrist, maybe you already know this, two completely different things. Psychologists 
are there to help you work through things and help you put cognitive tools in place to process, to understand, to recategorize and to get through traumas, experiences, disorders, all of it. Psychiatrists prescribe medication. They provide diagnoses. They're less about the chat. So psychiatrists are essential for a formal ADHD diagnosis, but psychologists have a very, very important part to play in all of this. And it's not only professional help. Support also looks like having loved ones around you who believe you, support you, validate you. And that might not be everyone, which we're going to talk about in a moment, but if you have one or two or three people around you who get it, that is going to be so incredibly helpful for you along the way. If you're not lucky enough to have people like that around you, there's actually a really good book that I recommend. It's by Chloe Hayden, who is an incredible Australian actor, author, activist, and it's called Different Not Less. Now, it is written for an audience that can range from, I imagine, sort of like young teens through to as old as we can possibly get and still be reading. It's an easy, breezy read, and it is so helpful. If you are neurodivergent, if there is someone in your life who is neurodivergent, if you're a parent, a carer, a friend of someone who is neurodivergent, I simply cannot recommend this book highly enough. I listened to it on Audible. I'll pop a link to that in the show notes because I like to listen to books with lots of information in them. But you could also read it and that'd be great too. This book feels like a friend and feels like the gentle, tender, understanding support that you may need at this time. Okay, the other half of our Sunshine Toolkit is more about what to do if you are wrangling with ADHD, whether you're medicated, whether you're unmedicated. There are three items in this side. Number one, we've got boost your dopamine. So what you need to understand is if you have gone through life with ADHD that has been undiagnosed, you've probably worked out ways to boost your dopamine for yourself. There are two camps. There might be healthy dopamine boosting behaviors like going for a run or spending time with your friends or getting your jobs done and ticking off a to-do list. Or they might be behaviors that stray into unhealthy categories. So for me, that was a very chronic addiction to social media and my phone for many years before I was medicated. It might be arguing with people in Facebook comment sections. It might be food. Just before I got diagnosed, I was going through quite an intense hyperfixation on some certain foods. And don't get me wrong, I love eating till this. And don't get me wrong, I still love eating, but it was I physically cannot do anything until I eat this food kind of vibes. So understanding that you are driven to boost your dopamine and recognizing which ways you do that that are healthy and which ways that you do that that are making your life a little bit harder is something I really recommend. It can be a little bit confronting, like it can make you feel 
a little bit shitty, but it's going to be worth it in the short term and the long term, especially if you are unmedicated and you're trying to control that dopamine release production distribution yourself. Number four in our sunshine toolkit is to squash the stigma. Now, I know I'm already asking so much of you, but this is going to be really, really important for you to do no matter where you're at in the journey. If you don't, if you don't feel comfortable squashing stigma within yourself with the people around you, then I promise there are going to be extra obstacles in your way that are way harder than having these conversations. There is stigma around ADHD. There just is. If I had a dollar for every article I saw that's like, look at all these silly young women diagnosing themselves with ADHD, we could rework that into look at all these people who slipped through the cracks and have been managing a very intense and life-altering disorder their entire lives with no assistance. Anyway, but there's stigma around diagnosis and that may come from your family, your immediate family. There are a couple of reasons for this. I think one is potentially guilt. It's like, if I'd noticed this, their life might have been a bit easier. And that often doesn't present as a, sorry that I missed it. It often presents as a, no, that's ridiculous. You couldn't possibly be going through that. Or it might just come from a lack of education. It might come from that outdated belief that, as I mentioned two days ago, ADHD is just a naughty boy in a primary school classroom. Speaking through the ways that ADHD presents differently in adults, in people of different genders, in people with different minds is one way to squash that stigma. The other way is just to compare it to any other disorder, illness, injury, If I have a sprained ankle, I'm not limping around on it for 20 years without a bandage to hold it up. We cannot be expected to push down mental stuff that can affect us just as harshly as physical stuff can to make other people comfortable. And the other element of stigma definitely comes around medication. When I first got diagnosed, the first thing I thought was, okay, I know I've got this, but there's no way I'm taking meds. Here's the thing. It is so cool if medication is not your thing. And it is also so cool if it is your thing. Medication is not a moral conundrum. I've had people say to me, what, so you have to take that every day for the rest of your life? We all have routines. We all have things that we do. If I was at severe risk of a heart attack, I would take a little baby aspirin every day for the rest of my life. Quite often, people who are unmedicated self-medicate, and maybe that looks like exercise, maybe that looks like music, maybe that looks like alcohol or cigarettes or cannabis. People who are questioning you for being medicated for something that often requires and deserves medication, I mean, that's their own thing, honestly. The way I address medication stigma is just by reminding people who are not neurodivergent that all that that little tablet does is help my brain regulate dopamine in the same way that their brain does when they just wake up and start their day. All it's doing is giving my brain an equal playing field 
All I'm experiencing is what they're experiencing as a human being walking through the world. And the last item in our Sunshine Toolkit for ADHD is to hack your ADHD. I feel like I could do a whole podcast just on ADHD life hacks. Let me know if you'd like to see that one of these days. But there are a few different ways that we can do this. Now, when I got diagnosed and I explained my life situation to the psychiatrist, he said that he was pretty impressed, little flex by me there, at the way that I had managed to work my life around ADHD without even realizing that I had it. I could not work in an office job. I would not get things done. I would not be reliable. I would be incredibly stressed all the time. It is just not an environment that works for me. So one of the ways that I have managed to hack my ADHD is by bearing in mind that I need variety. I need every day to be different. I need more flexible time structures. So if you're in a position where you can work your job or career around being employed by a small business, around having a small business for yourself, around just a job that takes you outside of the box, then I really recommend taking advantage of that. Another way I like to hack my ADHD is by giving myself short-term goals and short-term gratification. So I mentioned all the way back in our home series that I like to do my cleaning in short bursts. I like to put a song on and just clean for as long as that song goes. It's like my house is five minutes cleaner. I got to listen to something that I love I'm not tying myself down for a 45-minute, two-hour cleaning session because I am just not going to do that. It looks like short-term gratification when it comes to exercise. Boosting those endorphins is going to get me through way more than one day I'll be fit and healthy, Will. In terms of nutrition, it looks like cooking things that I love to eat so that I get a little burst of joy in 20 minutes when the meal is cooked and I'm scoffing it down rather than if I eat well, then I will be fit and healthy one of these days. And lastly, a really good ADHD hack is gamifying your life. You might have heard of this before. One of the ways that I like to do that is literally by just setting myself challenges that look like It sounds really boring, but ticking off items on my to-do list. I have a friend who has recently started using an app that gives her a little prize when she completes her tasks. And look, I've never used it. I can't personally recommend it, but she said it's kind of like having a Tamagotchi, but you get to feed that Tamagotchi, look after that Tamagotchi, love that Tamagotchi-style creature by walking to work or by starting on time or by calling your mum back when you've missed six calls this week. So gamifying your life can be really helpful if you've got ADHD. Just trying to make things a little bit more fun. That is it for our Sunshine Toolkit today. We have got in our toolkit, number one, seek answers. Number two, get offline. Number three, find support. Number four, boost your dopamine, number five, squash stigma, and number six, hack your ADHD. And we are rounding out this Wednesday episode as I've really started enjoying doing. 
with our good news segment. And I have three short, snappy little bits of information for you. I'll put links to each of them in the show notes so you will be able to go and read further about these if you would like to. But just to remind you that it is not all doom and gloom out there, I want to let you know three things. Number one, in the year 1800, the highest life expectancy in the world was in Belgium, and that was the average age of 40. Today, in 2024, there is not one country in the world that has a lower life expectancy than that. So in the last 200 years, we've gone from the highest life expectancy being 40 to the lowest being higher than that. We are living fuller, richer, healthier, happier lives than we ever have in history. Number two in our little good news segment is that Australia as a country has recently introduced a bill that protects workers' time. So that means this bill is in place to make sure that when we are at work, we are at work. When we are at home, we are at home. It adds protection to people so that we are not working excessive overtime. We are not being contacted during dinner time. We are not letting the nine to five consume our lives and rule our lives and take over our mental health, our physical health, all of our health. It is just one step towards separating, making that bank with building a life that we really, really enjoy. And number three in our good news segment today is that the search engine Ecosia, which is kind of like Google, but it's called Ecosia, has recently passed the milestone of planting 200 million trees. For every time you search using that search engine, they plant a tree. They use the ad revenue to plant trees. And to think that just by people looking things up on the internet, they've managed to plant 200 million new oxygen-giving, life-breathing, beautiful trees in the world. That's what I call a digital footprint. Okay, my love, thank you so much for joining me today for our little ADHD sunshine toolkit good news combo. I cannot wait to speak to you again on Monday. If you enjoyed this episode and you think that a friend who is neurodivergent might enjoy it as well, or a parent of someone who is neurodivergent, or your mum, sister, cousin, friend, mailman, please pass it on to them. It is the single most helpful thing that you can do to help this podcast find lovely new ears. But thank you again for letting me be in your ears today. I'll speak to you soon. I love you. Good human. Goodbye. This podcast was recorded and edited on Ghana land. Always was, always will be, Aboriginal land.